Um, church is rehearsal for heaven. Uh, and in heaven, how many folks here, you know, that if you were to meet eternity today, you would be in heaven forever? How, how many of you know that? All of you going to heaven? Church is rehearsal for heaven. And in heaven, church never ends. So some of you just got discouraged. <laughs> oh, no, no, like never? Like forever? That's right. But I, I guess I'm reminded about that because uh, someday in heaven, every nation, every tongue. And we just need to get it right this side of heaven. And seeing this church is just amazing. And in, in so many ways, just, uh, and likewise, spending time with, with uh, your pastor, Mrs. Mackay, and has been very special. Uh, I, I've been praying months for uh, this meeting. Uh, originally, uh, there was plans for me to have uh, come earlier, and because of issues of health uh, and, and other things, uh, but God, in His timing, is always perfect. He, he knows what He does, mm -hmm. but I'm so glad that, that He allowed me to, to be here and have my, my sweetheart with me. Uh, bear with me. Uh, I have been preaching in the Spanish language for about 48 years. And so in a year, perhaps six, seven times, I will speak at a Bible college or chapel or some church in English. Actually, English was my first language. And I, start, I had to learn Spanish because God had called me to the Spanish-speaking world. I'm still learning Spanish. I forgot all my English. <laughs> I'm a mess. So bear with me. If, if you hear me saying something in Spanish, I'm not being creative. It's just I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I'd like for you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. The book of Matthew chapter 16. I want to thank Brother Odom for helping me with this Bible. Like I said, I, I, I wasn't thinking and I ran out of the house and I, and I checked. I always checked. Do you have your Bible? And I said, yes, I got my Bible. The only thing is that the Bible I brought was in Spanish. And so I had to borrow one in English. And, and I like this Bible. This is an old man's Bible. I can read it. It's large print. And that, that's a blessing. Matthew chapter 16 in, in your Bibles. And I, I'm going to ask that you remain uh, seating. I'll, I'll read the scripture. Actually, we'll read uh, two portions of scripture. And we'll begin in verse... 13, if you follow along as I read. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He now 
takes them to a personal level in answering the question. Verse 15, he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? What, what the world and what people may say about who Jesus is, uh, it's not going to make much of a difference in your life or mine. Who you think Jesus is, who Jesus is to you, is what will make a world of difference. And, and he, he first says, who, who do people out there say that I am? And then he, he brought it down to a personal level. By the way, after the resurrection, they completely understood who he was. And that's why they were able to accomplish what to this day I believe has not been seen. With, without all the resources we have, without all the advantages that we have. You know, sometimes we, uh, we won't share the gospel with somebody because, you know, we, I, I didn't bring a track. We don't have, they didn't have tracks. They didn't have buildings. And there are just so many things. But, but they came to know who Jesus was. And that's why the apostle says, I know in whom I have believed. So more important than anybody else's opinion about Jesus is, who is Jesus to you? And Simon Peter, verse 16, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter. The word there is Petros. A little pebble, a little rock. Thou art a pebble, Petros, a little rock. And upon this Petra, that is a cornerstone rock, a foundational rock, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now if you keep your place there and go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Speaking about Jesus. Verse 14, in whom we have Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who thanks God that God forgives sins? Amen. Sinners. <laughs> I do. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. Now, he, he's taking this into a, 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 a climax. He's... He's presenting to us in detail who it is that he wants to make clear is the head of his church. And, and look at the description, look at the things that it says here, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and, invi and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he, remember all this description, and he is the head of what? Talk to me. He is the head of, talk to me, he is the head of the body. And who is that? The church. Who is the beginning, the first born from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Father, we thank you for this time. I am overwhelmed with joy to see uh, this wonderful group of people. And I have asked you, and I ask you once again, I just want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. And Father, please empty me of myself. Help me. Dear God, to clearly present the truths of the Word of God. And then all things you might be magnified and exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. I am very focused as of late to being careful uh, about ministry and our church. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm probably, as a pastor, uh, in, in the last part of my, of my ministry at Montecito Baptist, I, I want to be so sure that our church is Christ-honoring. I want to be so, so sure that we have built on the right foundation. I read the message of God to the churches in Revelation, and it, it, it makes me think and tremble. The church of Ephesus, that if we look at, at the description that, that Jesus is giving, and by the way, uh, he writes these letters to the angels. It's, it's, it's the pastor. I, I know it might be hard for you to associate angel, pastor, okay? But... Um, but the, the message is obviously to the leadership. So I take it much to heart. And you look at the description and, and, it, and it describes what, what I would think is an independent fundamental Baptist church. But they had left their first love. And then I, I think of the, of the church of, uh, of Laodicea. You know? Uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And you know, we, we, you know, I have heard people, it has this application. People will sometimes use that as they're sharing Christ with somebody and they'll say, well, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. And you know, that has its application, but that's not what it's talking about. It's people having church and Jesus is not welcome. It's people having church and Jesus outside. That scares me. And then the, the church of Sardis, to whom the Lord says, you know, you, you have a reputation. You have a name that, that you're alive. What, what, a, what a thriving church. What an amazing church. What a fired up church. 
and Jesus says, you're dead. That, that, that rattles me. One thing is for sure is that God sees things very different than you and I do. It's very obvious. And so for that and other reasons, and, and of course, like I said, because I, I, I know I would, I, I would be crushed in, in the presence of my God. If I had served him at Montecito for decades and come to find out that a lot of what was done was not of his liking or pleasing, it was not founded on him. The encounter that uh, Jesus had with his disciples, and he was constantly teaching them. And, and uh, it, he, he came to a point where he, he needed to, to bring them to that place where they understood that they needed to know who he was. It didn't matter what the world thought or the opinions of others. They needed to know who he was. And that's why he says, but whom say ye that I am? And we all, you know, if you read your Bible, I hope you, you read your Bible, right? Okay. If you read your Bible, we, we, we know the story. You know, Peter, uh, you know, by revelation of God, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and he, he says in response to that, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, uh, today and the following days, whenever we make reference to the church, I want you to remember that you're the church. You are the church. The word ecclesia, it, it, it means a gathering, a, a assembling together. When we are not together like this, we're not a church. We're a church when we assemble. And that's why it's important to be here. Amen. And, and I'm glad that you're here. I know during COVID, you know, there was a need for, you know, uh, online streaming and, you know, uh, virtual church. Let, let me put it to you this way. You know, it's... Uh, uh, I, I've been restricted as, as of late for the last few months in my diet. It, it's been a while since I've had a hamburger. Yeah, it's, it's just, pray for me. <laughs> now imagine somebody says, hey, pastor, but how about, I mean, you can have a virtual hamburger. <laughs> oh, that, that really helps, you know. A virtual taco, a virtual, you know. No, that, that, that's, that's how ridiculous it is. And, and again, I understand the things we went through. Well, we are a church this morning. You know, the, one of the problems is that we, we always, uh, we, we take the luxury of always thinking of the church as if it's something separate from you. And we do that for a reason. I, I, I've met some of you, but if I were to get any of you here and say, well, talk to me about Metro Baptist Church. I mean, describe to me the people in, in, in Metro Baptist Church. It, you would start 
telling me about other people. And you would say, well, pastor, you know, in our church, there's people that are fired up for God, and there's people that are new, and there's people that, you know, they're kind of not doing too well, and rarely would you begin to talk about yourself. Because you always think that the church is someone else. And, and, and when you, when you uh, encounter people that are disgruntled with the church, or they'll always be, well, the church. Well, it's because the church this and the church that. And they're always talking about someone else. You are the church. You are the church. You want to know how this church is doing? It's very simple. It's not complicated. How are you doing? I'm going to repeat that. You want to know how this church is doing? This church is whatever you brought here this morning. What did you bring this morning? Now, we don't think about it in those terms. Why? Because very conveniently, it helps us to escape that I'm the one that makes a difference. Amen. Amen. I'm the one that makes a difference. So every time that we speak about the church, it's, it, it, it's important that we understand. Who is the church? Talk to me. Who is the church? I am the church. I am the church. So I, I want you to help me, okay? So when I ask you who is the church, I want, I want to see if you're learning and paying attention. And I am the church, okay? Who is the church? I am the church, okay? You know what? That might even help you not to be, not to be speaking bad about the church. <laughs> I mean, that might help you. <laughs> Amen. But what Jesus said here, it is critical. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, to begin with, uh, he builds the church. I have been traveling for the close part of four decades, training, uh, teaching pastors, and, and encountering the, fr the frustration of, of them trying to see how they can build their church. And somebody can humanly accomplish a lot. And it could be very impressive to the public eye. But in the beginning of the message, we already see that, that God doesn't see things the way we do. Uh, and, and all of that frustration and, and the pressures, the, the demands, the expectancies, uh, all that is put into place when we understand that it's his church and he builds his church. He builds his church. Either I build it or he builds it. Now, what he's saying is, all I need is the right foundation. Upon this rock, if, if, I, if I have a church with the right, right foundation, then I have something to build on. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Okay, now, so who is the church? I am. So necessarily what that means is that if any church is founded on Jesus Christ, the only foundation upon which he will build, 
That means that every single person in this room needs to have Jesus as the foundation in their life. Because he said, I will build on no other foundation. And, and, and the, 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 the discouragement so many times of why we, we don't get ahead spiritually is because we're, we're trying to do it. We're, we're building on the wrong foundation. And then we're, we're dabbling into things that we cannot do and cannot accomplish. But God can do what you and I cannot do. Only he can do it. And, and uh, all he needs is the right foundation now. And then, and then he says about this church, the church founded upon Jesus, the church that he will then be able to build, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus here is promising the... <laughs> the perpetuity of his church until he comes back. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, confusion uh, in, in church history and, and, and things like that, you know, the church and its pure uh, and, and sound belief, uh, doctrinally, theologically, uh, strayed, disappeared, came back during the Reformation. That is not true. If that is true, Jesus didn't fulfill that promise. Jesus promised that the gates of hell would never, that, that until he came, there would always be a church founded upon him that would be sound in doctrine and belief. Uh, call me naive, whatever you want, but I, I believe that today in the things that we read from that book, that, that, that we believe what, what Jesus taught, and what the disciples received and what they gave uh, up to, our, that's why it's so important that, because it will continue. It, that's another subject. But he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I, at, towards the end, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit more of a, an explanation of, okay, so now follow me. How can I assure how can we ensure that Metro Baptist Church is being built by Jesus Christ? Well, he needs to be the foundation. Then he can build. And he can do what you can't do. All he needs is that the right foundation has been laid. And so how do I know? if Jesus is the foundation of Metro Baptist Church? Well, uh, you can answer that question by taking it at a personal level. Is Jesus the foundation of your life? Because you are the church. But in a very more specific way, in Colossians chapter 1, after he gives this incredible description uh, uh, of, of our Savior, of our God, uh, it's it, it just, it, it just amazing to all, all to bring it to, to a head and to say in verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that, that in all things, in how many things, folks? 
In how many things? All. All things. He might have the preeminence. How do I know? If my church is founded upon Jesus Christ, well, it is very clear. He, he is, he is the head of the church, which is his body. And then it says, so that in all things he may have the preeminence. The, the way I know whether Jesus is the head of, 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 of our church and, 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 and that taking it to a personal level in the life of every believer is very simple. Preeminence means first in order and number one. The only way that Jesus would be the foundation of any church is that at a personal level, every believer that forms that church has Jesus number one in their life. Who is the church? Who is the church? Is Jesus the foundation of this church? I don't know. Truth is that the only one that can answer that question is you. But you know, we, we, we live in a day when, when if things like that are said, pe people get upset. I mean, they, uh, they, they don't mind if somebody would say, you know, God should be a very important part of your life. He doesn't want to be an important part of your life. He seeks the number one place in your life. Amen. And we don't like that. And the reason we don't like that is because we, we settle into this conformity of thinking that, you know, there, there was this brother who said, Pastor, Pastor, uh, God is, is within the five things more important in my life. I said, he doesn't seek to be within the first five. He seeks, and he is worthy, amen, of number one. And the reason of, uh, of us not seeing his, his blessings, his power, his provision, is because the foundation isn't there, so he has nothing to build on. And then that being the case, the promise that he made that the gates of hell would not prevail against that church. What church? A church that is founded on him would not apply to that church. And I'll explain to you towards the end why that is super important. Are you following me? So, I mean, well, you know, Pastor, I came to church and I just, I like to hear the message, but... I don't know, you know, when you get into my personal life, <laughs> that's where we're at. That's why we don't see revival. We want revival. We say we want revival. But it, it begins here. It begins with me. It begins with you making some, uh, asking some, some very difficult questions. Uh, Questions in light of scripture and, and being humble enough to be able to admit what God already knows.
Is he first in your life? Don't answer that. I don't know. You know. He spends all of Matthew chapter 6 telling us that if he, if he feeds the fowls of the air and, and, and he, uh, he dresses the lilies of the field, is he not going to take care of you? And we love to, to hear that, that God provides and he takes care of us, and, and he does. He's our heavenly father. We, we love all the promises. You, you will find in Scripture constantly, constantly, you will find God telling us, look, if you do this, I promise you that I will do this. And, and God always keeps his part. Amen. The problem is us. You see, we want the promise. He promised to provide. He gave illustrations to try. If I take care of all creation, I'm not going to take care of you. And, and we, we get encouraged and we, you know, but I haven't lived that experience, Pastor. I know Pastor McKay, he's told me God's going to take care of you. He's going to, and I, you know, I want to believe. And I'm just, I believe that. I believe that. Keep reading. Because in the end, he says, but seek ye first. Well, you know, I hadn't noticed that. Of course not. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God's promises are, they're conditional. And he says to you, if you do this, I promise you, I will do this. And God always keeps his promises. Always. Always. We don't experience the fulfillment of the promises because we don't, we're not willing to meet the condition. So now the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against is that church who has put Jesus as their foundation. At a personal level, ever, every individual in that church has decided, I will strive in my life to put Jesus number one. That he will have the preeminence in my life. Never mind our attention that very conveniently is always put on somebody else. Most of us are very good critics of somebody else. Very poor critics of ourselves. And at a personal level, just is Jesus first in my life? And to strive that. If, I, if every individual of Metro Baptist Church lives striving for that, then this church, because you are the church, this church will have Jesus preeminent. And then and only in that way is he, a head, is he the head of this body. And then in that way, then we can see him do what he promised to do. I will build my church. Contrary to you and I trying to build something. And we can build something impressive. But it's not him building it. Now, in closing, he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You ever, uh, you, you ever uh, see somebody with, with a huge bump on their forehead, you know, and, Brother, what happened? The, the, the gate attacked me. 
What, what does that mean? What is he saying? The gates of hell should not prevail against what the church. What church? The church founded upon him. The church uh, that has him preeminent. Well, he, he's giving this imagery. In, in Bible times, cities had walls, and they, the walls protected the city. And when, when an enemy came uh, against a city, their, their focus were the gates. If they could penetrate the gates, they, they could conquer the city. Now, why? Well, because at the gates sat all of the elders, the leaders. The leadership of the city said, when the angels come to Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was sitting at the, at the gate. He shouldn't have been there, but he was there. Boaz redeemed Ruth at the gate of the city. That's where business was done with the elders. The, the husband of the, of the woman the, of the book, of book of Proverbs 31 sat at the gates. He was a leader. He was an elder. So in this description, he, he, is, he is talking about somebody coming to attack the gates of hell. Because you see, uh, a church founded upon Jesus Christ isn't kind of just, you know, getting along and existing or no, no, no. Actually, what it is describing is a church that is, is not on the defensive, a church that is on the offense, attacking, conquering, invading. Uh, in, in the name and the power of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, taking hold of, of, of all of the families, the young people, the marriages that, that the thief, the enemy has stolen. It's talking about a church that is attacking and invading the gates of hell. And he says, the church founded upon me. All of the wisdom and the leadership of hell will not be able to stop that church. Amen. You know, uh, I, I know, you know, the preacher has told me a little bit about your journey and, you know, the issues with the facilities and building. That, that's not a problem. Money, that's not a problem either. Uh, adversity, conflicts, attacks that would come from either outside or inside of the church, that is neither also a problem. Jesus promised, and by the way, Jesus keeps his promises. Jesus promised a church founded upon me. All of the attempts of the wisdom, cunningness, and deceit of hell and its leadership will not prevail against that church. But not, not a church on the offensive. Uh, on the defensive, a church on, the, on, on, on offense, attacking, invading, conquering, recovering territory that Satan, the thief. What a blessing. So I, I don't have to really worry. It, 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 again, folks, it's his church. It's his church. And, and, and when... When I just worry about making sure, first of all, at a personal level, me as a pastor, 
that Jesus is preeminent in my life. And I communicate that to the brothers and sisters. And I make it very clear that very far from you thinking, and this is the way too many people think, well, what difference could I make? I'm just one person. You got to stop thinking like that. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a part of this body. You know, there's, there, there's certain parts of, of my body right now that I'm struggling with. And preacher would know a little bit about this. And it could be just one part, but it, it affects the whole thing. So get it out of your mind that, that, that if you decide that you're just going to uh, get along and, and be, you know, play church and, and let everybody think, you know, I'm a good person, but Jesus isn't first in your life, and it really doesn't matter because what difference can I make? It just takes one member of the body to be out of sync, and it affects the whole body. It affects the whole body. You do matter. Every one of us matters. What will be the future of Metro Baptist Church? That's up to every individual in this room. Who's the church? Iron. Talk to me. Who's the church? Iron. You're the church. And it's not complicated. Just very simple. Is Jesus preeminent in my life? Is he number one? Or do I live even resisting the idea? Do I resent? That anybody tells me that he needs to be number one, number one, uh, in all things. Does it read that way? Yes or no? Yes. In all things. God help us. And you know, all of the blessings in my life and your life, they're connected to those times where I have decided... He's, he's going to be number one. All of the disappointments, the lack of experiences, the, 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 the blessings and fulfillment of those blessings that he promises due to the fact that he isn't number one. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to leave the invitation to the pastor. Let's remain seated. And I'd like to challenge you while the piano plays to give your heart and your life to Jesus. We can't build this church we can't build our own lives Jesus has to be first I hope you'll make that decision to put Jesus first it's a decision we have to make often 
because the flesh wars against the spirit 